No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome to No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me, as always. But, oh boy, do we have a special guest this morning. This is a little State of the Union Chicago Bears. JG, Jason Goff, the voice of Chicago ball is in the house, has (laughs) blessed us with his presence. Go subscribe to the full go on the ringer. He is the man, breaks it down three times a week for everybody's pleasure and enjoyment. And of course, he's the third most prominent voice for the Bulls. The third (laughs) biggest decision maker. Because, you know, hey man, look, I got to go Stacey King one, right? And then I got to go Adam Amin because this dude works so much. He like the the voice of everything. Everything. So yeah. I got to show my guy, Adam Amin. No, nah, it's, it's, it's about 20 names before you get to me. And 27, no, maybe. And then maybe it's, 30. And then it's Jason <laughs> Goff for me. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate, I appreciate Yeah, bro, I appreciate you. You get me in trouble, through. though. You get me. Hey, Nick, you got to you gotta get your man because you get me in trouble. Because <laughs> anytime, anytime stuff like that gets said, immediately jumping to my mentions. Like, oh, you know you know who the real voice of Chicago is and all this other stuff. Like, you going to get How dare you, Chuck yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I'm not even talking about people in the industry. We're just going to get – I'm going to be oh, walking the streets and yeah, get into trouble. So you got to be careful. Hey, listen, I am a, I'm a lonely servant trying to figure out this uh, this, this city. So yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there Say <laughs> <laughs> so less. Let's jump right into it, man. Yeah, the man. Chicago Bears are doing classic Chicago Bears things to Chicago Bears fans. <laughs> they're, giving, they're giving us hope. We're feeling good about them and what they got going on right now. They've won two in a row. Um, I tend to lean on the negative side, man, because I could go into the – I could fall for the trap. But I've seen this movie so many times. They're five and four in their last nine games. Commanders is a W. Raiders is mm-hmm. a W. The Panthers, 16 to 13. That's the worst team in the league. Vikings, 12 to 10. Dobbs through four picks. The Lions, they should have beat the Lions twice. They had to collapse down a down the right. stretch. But golf turning it over like crazy. Those boys reeling. But wins are wins. We will get into that. I want to set it up because the reason I even reached out to, to golf was because I wanted to talk about the big picture shit and what we should do going forward. Because if we're being honest, fellas, Ryan Poles is in the grinder. He has a lot of really massive decisions to make. He has a lot of money to spend, and he has a lot of draft capital to kind of move and shake. Um, JG, I'm going to give the mic to you right now, and we could kick it off like this. I listen to all the full goals, so I know where you're at, but remind the people for no catch-up, uh-huh. where are you at right now on the Chicago Bears? Where do you stand? Is it – uh? Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it wait and see? You know, um, like we're in that weird, comfortable blanket of uh, mediocrity that, that Bears fans usually have to wrap themselves in, and then you get a little bit of hope, 
and then you wake up the next morning and you, you've been watching seven to nine football your entire life, right? Um, outside of a few outlier seasons, you know, it's a few seasons where the defense stepped up in a, in a way that, you know, you shout out to the 05 boys. I get a chance to talk to Alex Brown every week on my pod. Um, we're not used to watching development or uh, nurturing environments for offenses and especially quarterbacks. So in this time that we're in now, I feel like we're settling into a lot of uh, the, the old tropes of like, yeah, definitely turnovers matter and taking the ball away matters. And obviously a pass rush matters. Um, I, I, I'm happy that they're winning because you got to find out who the winners are on this team. Like you got to find out who, who the playmakers are, right? Like I, there's only so many 20 year olds you can add to a team. There's only so uh, so many times you could turn over a roster before the next guy has to come in and then you you continue that. Like the reason why this thing stays in the in the lane that it stays in, similar to the Cleveland's of the world, and the Detroit's of the world, is because, you know, you keep having to fire people because you're not finding out what you have. You're not winning games. So, you know, I, I'm happy to have the two game win streak, no doubt about it, because you're finding out who could play. Like who's going to make some plays down the stretch? Like Jalen Johnson, the, the the thing that he has become that we've been waiting on him to become. Now, is it because of the contract? Well, you know, if if, if that's if that's what you want to say, and if that's how he's being, um, I guess, uh, fueled, then I'm cool with it, right? Like find out uh, how good everybody is, find out baselines instead of having to keep turning over the roster. So. You know, the two game win streak is cool. I'm I'm down with it. I'm enjoying it because who likes talking about these teams losing all the time? Right. Like who the, the off the field stuff and all the, the the stuff that's happened with the coaches. <laughs> like it's all been it's all been like a negative cloud around something that we care about. Like everybody in this city uh, falls on the umbrella of being a Chicago Bears fan, no matter which baseball team you root for, no matter if you're a Hawks fan or a Bulls fan. So having the the constant mediocrity and hope being fed to you, then, you know, it feels good to win a couple of games. But I'm looking forward to what this thing can become, because I think there's they're starting to see some pieces like Ryan Poles. You know, I haven't been the biggest fan. Like I've been 50 50 on a lot of the decisions he's made. But um you know, the Montez Sweat thing, like it matters, right? It, it matters when you can find that kind of talent and pay it and and know that you're going to have something there that you can count on. The, the Ngakwe uh, injury sucks because now you're going to, you know, now you're going to throw guys in that position who, um, you know, the, the Dominique Robinsons of the world, guys like you haven't seen in a while. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag, right? You five and eight, um, you know, I, I thought they had, I thought they would be a seven or eight win team beginning of the season. So yeah. no matter which way they get to it, you know, it's it's gonna feel the way it's supposed to feel. I thought they'd be the second best team. I thought they had the talent to be the second best team in the division. So, yeah. you know, I know we're gonna get into the fields conversation and all that, but all that all that it, it sucks. It sucks to to for this to be this normal, I should say, but in the in the in the short term and zooming in, it's 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 cool to win a couple of games, I guess. Yeah, we're going to get to fields and we're going to get to polls because that's a, the the biggest talking point here coming up. But I got to give it to my man, Nick. I got to pass the, the, the mic to my man, Nick, because y'all sound alike. Y'all like winning games for no reason, I guess. I don't that, that, That's yeah, a whole so, other conversation. But Nick, because that's how you feel about the overall situation. 100%. I laugh when you said who likes to come in here and talk about losses every week because Sean Little loves to come in here and talk about <laughs> losses every week. That's a little bit of Listen, man, this is the same conversation we have every week. I said just like you did. We need to see who can perform down the stretch. When the game gets tight, we didn't know who's going to step up and make plays. We want to see how these guys perform under pressure. 
I understand not wanting to be caught in that, uh, I guess, that 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 neutral mediocrity. But at the same time, we, we can't just keep saying, let's go out there and lose and not see what these guys can do in those moments that are ultimately going to matter going forward for the development of this football team. Like, I want to see Justin Fields perform in the two-minute drive. Like, I want to see the defense come up with big stops. I want to see the kicker hit big field goals. Like, whatever it might be, whatever leads to winning, I'm trying to see that. So it's hard for me to come up every single Sunday like Sean and say, yeah, I want to see Fields have a great game, but at the end of the game, we need to lose so we can maintain our draft position. It's not what I'm trying to see. So I'm with you on that. Like, it's not – it's tough to go out there and root for a loss. But I just really like to see big picture. Like, there are actually windows where we're going to compete. When Khalil Mack and Nagy were there, that that first rip, that was a real window where we could compete in the NFC. We went to the playoffs. It didn't work out. This was not a window for us to compete. You know what's a window for us to compete? Next year. That is a real window for us to compete depending on what we do at the quarterback position. So that's the only reason I'm rooting for But you're going to keep saying quarter, that every year you don't like what you see, right? Like – I think, yeah, you're going to keep saying, hey, next year, next year. I thought this was supposed to be next year, right? Are we just going to keep hitting the reset button until we see what we like? Uh, you got – what do you mean? We just talked about – JG just said he coming in. We, th- we think we're a seven-win team. I legitimately think next year, depending on what happens at the quarterback position, that's a 10-11 win football team. Like, I, I, I honestly believe that. Now, let's l- let's get into the, the overall scope. Now, Goff, I heard you talk about – Eberflus, and I heard you say in the last episode that was bear specific about um, punting Getsy into the sun. Yeah, but I also and I agree with that because the yeah. the, the scripts are solid, but overall there's no adjustments happening. There's I can't I, trust that he's going to be malleable enough to to take the next quarterback prospect to the next level. I, I I'm tired of dudes learning on a job at a charter franchise in the NFL. Yes, mm. that. Facts. That's simply put, that's exactly right. Now, I will say this. Multiple times, you a little wishy-washy on the Justin Fields. It's not like, I want to see him back. He should be the quarterback. And I haven't heard you say, we should draft Caleb Williams. It's kind of like, whatever they decide to do, wherever Justin Fields ends up, I know he can play, but do you think that he should be the guy back? Because we could get into evaluating yeah, I mean, him versus Caleb and all the, that type of stuff. But you you haven't really laid out what you would want to see. It's almost like, let's see what happens, and then I'll I'll evaluate it from there. No, nah, because I like talking probabilities. Like, what I what I would want to see happens usually doesn't matter. You, the, the way I evaluate talent evaluators especially is what the probability and the likelihood of the moves that you are going to make and then what the results that will come with it. You know, like when we get into the whole – Hey, what I would want to see, what I would want to see is quarterbacks in this league get coached a lot better and have a longer leash so you could actually see some of the quarterback classes that we used to see. I remember when we didn't have to worry about just being three or four really good quarterbacks and there being a severe drop-off. Like, I used to watch football when Randall Cunningham couldn't sniff a Pro Bowl with the Eagles and then became the co-MVP, right? Like, Jim Kelly was in the, in the AFC and was probably the fifth best quarterback in that conference. So, I'm used to watching a different thing. And what I would want to see is a lot different than what the game has evolved into. you got coaches who get one or two year leashes. So wanting to see something is a lot different than evaluating exactly what's happening and the probability of something happening. Like I, the Justin Fields thing, I, I think Justin Fields, I don't think Justin Fields has succeeded at every filtration point in, 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 in football period in his life. And then all of a sudden got bad when he got to the next level. Um, 
Uh, I think that, that there's a lot, there's a lot of factors around him that are limiting his success. So yeah, I got to grade it on what I see. And on top of it, he hasn't, he hasn't, whether it's due to coaching and whether it's due to uh, the things that are around him, he hasn't been allowed to mature and, and evolve the way uh, like the natural development process that we've seen around the league takes place. He's had a couple of different coaches. He's been hurt. You know, he's 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 run the football in a manner that no young quarterback, hell, no no veteran quarterback has. Right? He's taken the amount of hits, like sacks or quarterback stats. So all those things go into the pot. So it's not like one thing or the other. Would I be surprised if he moves on that he's going to be successful somewhere else? Not at all, because I've been rooting for Justin Fields since hell, since he since he committed to Georgia. You know, when I was in Atlanta, I knew about what was going on with Justin Fields in seven or seven camps. So I was looking forward to seeing what would actually, you know, what would come to fruition. But Justin, Justin needing to be here probably doesn't work out for either side. You know, contract clockwise, um, Ryan Poles not being the person who selected him, so not having the strongest leash to him, like all those things factor into it. So, when, like, I think it's more nuanced conversation than just, you know, what I, what do I want? What I want is to see the best. You know, I, th- I think. I think unfulfilled potential is the worst sin in sports. So what I want, whether it's here or elsewhere, I want, I, I like being entertained. Like I'm here for the show. So whether it's in Atlanta <laughs> or whether it's in Seattle or whether it's somewhere else, I, I want to see him get down because I also, I want to be right. Like I want confirmation bias on, on the type of talent that I think he is. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it's, it's kind of the same, right? Like I think we are trying to rush a lot of these quarterbacks a lot faster than we did. And if you see a guy after eight games and you don't like what you see from kind of like the Bryce young conversation, it's like back up a little bit. Like this guy's not in a good situation. Obviously he's not playing well, but this is his first year in the league. Give the man some time to develop. I feel like he might just be horrible though, Nick. He could be, he could be. He might just be bad at football. That motherfucker might just not be right. (laughs) The film is not good. It's worse when you look at a guy like a DeVito, whoever it is that comes in and these guys can play a little bit versus the number one pick. But I think with Justin, man, it's hard that we can sit up here and bash Getsy and talk about the play calling and talk about some of the coaching staff but at the same time want to run fields out of town. Like it's kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth. Like if the coaching situation around him is terrible, how can we expect him to develop? How can we expect him to reach his full position uh, potential? The same time that we're patting, you know, Mike McDaniel on the back and Andy Reid and all these other guys that are having success with their quarterbacks is because we recognize that they're good coaches. So if the coaching around Justin isn't good, um, how can we properly evaluate him? So that's why it's hard for me to sit here and be like, yeah, man, I'm done. Let's draft, you know, whoever at the first pick or whatever. Let's move on from our quarterback because I still don't feel like we've been able to evaluate Justin Fields properly based on what's around him. But that's not me absolving him of any blame. He has to play better in a lot of different spots, yeah. but it's just a tough evaluation. But to Goff's point, someone's going to pick him up, right? It's not like if the Bears move on from him that he's not going to be on a roster right away because someone's going to see that talent and think, hey, I can develop that. I think it's a little bit different in situation than – Trubisky or other guys that we've seen where it's like, you know, this guy can't play. We know Fields can play. Um, we just got to find the right people to bring it out of him. So I'm not I'm not ready to move on. So I'll give y'all a clear answer since y'all don't want to give a clear answer. This is what we should do. We should 100% keep Justin Fields because I'm not sold on Caleb, Drake, and whoever else. Next year, he's on the books for like $5 million against the cap. And then the option is like $23.25 million. Now, that's still a pretty short number when we talk about starting quarterbacks 
in the NFL. And that still gives you two full years on top of what you've seen already on Justin Fields. Now, the problem. Are you doing this? Are you doing this from from whose vantage point are you speaking from? Are you doing this if you're Ryan Poles? Well, that, 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 that was the next person out of my mouth was now the Ryan Poles situation is very difficult because he has a lot of decisions to make that are all tethered to the quarterback position. If you go get a new coach, you either have to get that coach to sign on to Justin Fields or flat out want Caleb Williams or whoever else. But I think overall for the franchise, the best move would be to pack up the one for as much as you did. We saw Ryan Poles. He absolutely got to went to work on the Panthers for that number one pick. DJ Moore is a superstar. He's uh golf. You mentioned um Brandon uh why am I blanking on our guys on uh the wide receiver for the Bears. You said you said he was the best Brandon talent Marshall. you've ever seen. Yeah, Brandon Marshall. Um I think he's better than Brandon Marshall. With within the situation that he's in right now. DJ Moore is an absolute monster. Maybe that's recency bias, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But Brandon Brandon Marshall was a beast, but I think Brandon DJ Marshall. Moore ridiculous dj moore is also a monster right i think you pack up that number one go and get more weapons justin fields is starting to show a lot of promise because the rest of the offense darnell wright tevin jenkins the rest of the crew are also starting to show a lot of promise and things are getting better in that aspect i just don't see how you you come off of justin when you potentially can have him for two more use two more years for fairly cheap you just talked about not resetting everything. If we go get a new quarterback, abs- everything is absolutely reset. And you actually said that. If Justin wins out and plays really well, I don't even think he has to win out. You're looking at the locker room, then you're going to bring in another 20-year-old that potentially could be bad. We just talked about Bryce Young. I think Justin has shown plenty to, to bring in a new offense, and he could have that under two full years. So, because so, you started off saying, to be clear, and then you gave me three different perspectives. You gave the franchises, sure. you gave Ryan Poles, and then you gave who? Well, Ryan Poles and the, the franchises fans? is the same, no? Huh? Ryan franchise, uh, Ryan Poles and the franchise is the same vision. That's the guy running the shit. He running the show. He's the, guy, run, he's the guy running the show, <laughs> and he didn't have a choice of his head coach, nor the quarterback that's yeah. co- coaching the team, uh, the quarterback <laughs> he, in the team he, right now, th- nor th- the person who was hired the year after he was hired, which is now his new boss. But how but, how 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 are those things – how it cross purposes not evident in this situation. But personal, personnel-wise, he's the he's the trigger man more 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 than anyone else over there. Yeah, I'm not talking about personnel. I'm talking about the franchise looking at the franchise and Ryan Poles are two different entities. One success is not, you know, one success is is, mm. is definitely dependent on another. And Ryan Poles understands that it is now time. He's he's now lost. <laughs> lost the, a record amount of games in this franchise's history, okay? I don't care what anybody wants to think about rebuilding. And, like, when we talk about things as fans and, and start throwing around the word rebuilding and, you know, for the future, there are bottom lines that are being missed with all this losing, mm. period. There's a reason why they stay scrambling around looking for a new stadium, okay? So when it, that's, why, that's why I don't do the what would I do thing. I talk about probability. And, and, and the results of that probability. In the, in the long run, the franchise wants to win. So if Ryan Poles can't – if the franchise thinks that 
Justin Fields is the guy. Ryan Poles has been tasked to find the parts around him. If the franchise thinks that Ryan Poles is the person that has been tasked and you now is on you because you have to go find a new quarterback, then that's a different direction. It's not about what I want. I, like I said, I, what I want is Patrick Mahomes to be the Chicago Bears quarterback. <laughs> what I want okay. is Christian McCaffrey to be sure. the Bears sure. running back. Sure. Okay, so the situation talking- as it stands, this is not as it's not as clear cut as one or the other. If that's you're talking why, probabilities, then you think what what, what do you the probability think is probably is that, the probability is that they're going to uh, draft a quarterback mm. at the number one spot, and that's the other thing too. You know, you're not the whole winning games thing. You know, the the, the tank win thing should be out the window at this point. You, you, the number one pick or the number two pick at least is secured for you in the Carolina Panthers disaster that's waiting to happen for the next four weeks, it's like like it has happened for the last thirteen. So that's that's guaranteed to you. Now, at what point are you going to stop playing with house money and show me what you've done? You got to show your work. You know, if if if, if high draft picks really deem success, there'd be multiple parades in Detroit and multiple parades in Cleveland. You know, you, drafting high don't mean shit. Drafting well means everything. So if you have to, if you win these last four games, okay, you'll be on a six-game win streak with a quarterback that you are now telling you have to go now because we want to draft a better prospect. Like, so there's so many cross purposes at hand right now. That's how you figure out who the real talent evaluators are and the, and the dispassionate decision-making that has to go in, the, in, in the, come into play here. Like, if, if I am the McCaskies or if I am anybody above Ryan, if I'm Kevin Warren, I'm looking at this situation like, all right, you might have helped us dig ourselves out of this situation, Ryan Poles, but uh, you know what? Can't, uh, can't afford another Roquan Smith situation to happen. Right. Can't afford, uh, you know, the infrastructure of the locker room not being sound enough for you to draft what is going to become the rookie defensive player of the year. OK, so it, there, there are two different. There, there's so many different things at play here that, yeah, if this was old school football, Justin Fields would have his six year run like you just mentioned. And and you then figure it out. But it's not that. There are bottom lines that are being missed. They got a stadium that they got to get ready to sell. So if Justin Fields is, is plateauing or performing at this same level for the next two years, that, that puts a dent in your pocketbooks even more so. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to use that number one pick on, on a quarterback. I think they're going to use the fifth, sixth, seventh pick, whatever they, they get on maybe an offensive lineman because Marvin Harrison Jr. won't be there. And then we're going to move on. And, and, and then we're going to truly find out um, what Ryan Poles' vision is. You know, like that's what I think the most likely thing to happen will be. Now, is that the thing that I want to happen? Of course not. I want to see the dude. Like, I haven't had a chance to root for um, the development of a black quarterback in my entire <laughs> Bears fandom. And this is the first time I got it. So I wanted to be right about this guy. On, a, on an emotional you know, level, and my, my son's seven years old. He's just now starting to really watch football. Like, I remember watching football with my father back in the day, right, and watching the Mike Dicker show shortly before the Bears games and watching bad Bears footballs through, throughout the early 90s in my, in my childhood. So, yeah, what I want to happen is for this guy to be the guy and you move on. But, you know, that's not – I don't think that's what's going to happen. That's, that's, not, that's not what's like – that's not – that is not what is likely, I should say. Nick. Yeah, so I mean, um, I guess the question then becomes if they decide to move on from him, are you moving on from him completely? I know I brought this up a couple weeks ago. So he's off the roster, right? In your opinion, based on where they're headed and what you know about the franchise, 
you don't see a situation pro- based on probability. You don't see a situation in which he's the Bears' starting quarterback next year. I mean, outside if, of winning if, these if, next four, yeah, games I was about to say if they win, yeah. if they win six games in a row down the stretch, it's going to be yep. very hard to look Tough. at a team in a locker room and say, "Hey, y'all, we're going to go with the dude who you know who who is living in Los Angeles for the last couple of years, winning Heisman's, and has no idea what the NFL life is like." Like, you still got to answer to those guys yep. in there too. So, yeah, uh, outside of that, I think, and the contract clock situation, like you get a chance to reset. All the, you know, if Caleb Williams is the dude that everybody thinks he is, you get that on the cheap for four years, right? So, yeah. And you're I selling mean, Caleb I, Williams in a new building. You're selling Caleb yeah, Williams going forward to the yeah, franchise. And like you yeah. said, it affects the bottom line positively. And, so they and might not. The scar tissue of the fan base, right? Yeah, like there right. is, there is a, there is a large portion of this fan base who has a severe disdain and dislike for Justin Fields. Yeah. So, those people are, you know, that scar tissue was removed, even though it's not, because the moment they draft Caleb Williams, they go, like, this is the same guy, you know what I mean? You already know. Like, yeah, the fringe is already built in, you know, and, and, and it's just depending on who you're listening to, like, depending on how you feel. That's why I stay away from a lot of it, right? Like, oh, I just yeah. try to watch the games and consume content, like, with people that I truly trust, because in the end, you know what you're seeing out there. Yep. You know when a quarterback is overwhelmed. You know when a quarterback I'll, – I'll put it like this. You walk those three people, the three people who are newest on their jobs and the most important positions in that franchise, and the coach, the offensive play caller for a young quarterback, and the young quarterback. You walk those three people into a room, and you tell me who's had the worst year. And I right. promise you two people going to raise their hand before Justin Fields does. Justin so Fields. you can't tell me that there's not something there, but the, is the something sustainable? And I heard Nick Wright talking about it the other day, and he made a, a, an amazing point, which is why I try not to listen to anybody else's stuff because I'm like, damn, why didn't I think of that? But he, he made the point that the, the, the gap, and like I just talked about in our childhood, where there was 10, 12 Hall of Famers all playing at once, the gap between the great and the and the the very good right now in the NFL quarterbacking is so severe, so vast, that if you have good or if you have average to above average, you got to get rid of it because you don't you can't wait on it. You can't wait on it because look at what great is. Great is 4,500 yards in his second year. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert is sitting there with with as average a record as anybody else because of coaching, right, and because of injuries around him, right? So it's like the gap is so severe that you get rid of these guys so quickly and you're sitting there chasing the next one. And guess what? The next one might be bad because guess what? You're not waiting for him. You can't wait for him. Like, so it's – um. It's a it's a it's a it's a repeatable cycle that happens only in franchises who can't sustain. And this franchise mm-hmm. hasn't been able to sustain anything for a long time. And like I said, this franchise is too venerable and too too respected to consistently give people their first opportunities here. That happens far too often. Far too often. You know what I mean? Look at the head coaching situations over and over and over again. Look at the look at the offensive play callers over and over and over again, you know. And and shout out to Mike, you know, like Mike McDaniel that you mentioned, right? But singular, that, that, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> that, 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 that guy, that guy isn't just walking around all the time, right? Right? Like Ben Johnson, you know, I wish he would have had a better showing the last time you <laughs> saw him, so that you could actually sell, like, hey, this is what the Bears' offense can look like. But then, you know, Bears won. But by the way, the Bears beat a very good team by fifteen points. Yeah. Like, so there are certain things that, you know, you see enough there, but 
Yeah, I don't know if Justin's going to be. That's why I think the Harbaugh stuff is kind of crazy because nothing about the Chicago Bears history tells you that they're going to bring in a Jim Harbaugh or any of these other high-profile guys. Would you be down with it? Uh... Tell me why I'm not, not first. Yeah, Tell me not why I'm not. Really. I'm not, I'm not big on the I'm not big on the college to NFL guys. I think guys like that he was have to have guy first, though. I understand yeah. he was an NFL guy, but he's also been in college the last six, seven years and been in total control of the entire situation. And I feel like in the NFL it's more collaborative. And you bring in some of these guys, right? And I know it's an old example, but saving some of these other guys who are used to controlling every single aspect of it and dealing with 18 to 22 year olds. And I don't know if it necessarily always translates to success in the NFL. With that being said, I'd love to have a professional in the building, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of similar to when we hired Billy Donovan and we were so excited because, like, finally we have a pro in the building. Um, but you got to be careful, I, G. Yeah, you got to be careful with <laughs> what you wish for. With some <laughs> of these guys, and especially Hardball, there's a lot of ego there. There's a lot of, a lot of bravado that comes with him. And I understand he had a ton of success in San Francisco. Yeah. But uh, I'd be wary of it. But to your point, I don't know if that means let's bring up the next, you know, pimple faced offensive coordinator that we saw <laughs> do some gimmick plays that we really like a few weeks ago, you know. So I- I'd probably lean more towards the established uh, guy who knows what they're doing. Yeah, but I still way, think it's why the Bears don't do that. So, yeah, either way, it better work. Better work. You got Haven't they never hired a, a re- John Fox was like the first repeat head coach, right? Yep. 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 Yep, Mike Dick is special teams coach. You know, Lovey, Monstead, defensive backs, teams defense, guy, right? defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Jerron, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah. happen here. <laughs> let's me. talk about the – the. let's stay on Eberflus and the coaching staff. He does have the defense going crazy. They have looked really, really good. Since week nine, they're sixth in EPA per play. Montez Sweat joined the team. <laughs> Perfectly in that window. He's been absolutely spectacular. And to go back to Ryan Poles and the Montez Sweat thing, one thing about Ryan Poles, he's not afraid to do some shit. Let me go try some. I'd much rather have that guy than a guy that stands pat and, oh, I don't want to – it's not not taking risks, it's not doing things. And also, the whole Chase Claypool thing was ended up being a really bad deal, but he also packed him up and got him out of town as soon as he went and got it. Like, yo, this shit's not working. Let's get him out of here. So he, if, for what Jason said, if he is making those type of decisions, I think that's part of the overall reason the Bears have been a, a tough franchise when it comes to winning games throughout these decades is because who's actually fucking right. calling, pulling the strings and who's actually making all these decisions and why is it so convoluted? Like, we're, I bring up Ryan Paul's making – coaching picks and 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 roster decisions and jg's like i'm not even sure he wanted to do that or was that all him right so i think that's part yeah. of the overall negative thing with the bears but Eberflus, in my eyes is purely just a defensive coordinator right but he's now yeah. the head coach and then if you get in that type of situation you're not going to get ben johnson who i want personally and i've been saying that for weeks now because he wants to be a head coach so you either have to move off of Eberflus and hire a whole new yeah. set of guys, which seems to be an issue. Golf, Nick. With who? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that, which seems to be an issue if, my, my next thing I was going to say was, the defense and everybody, all the rumors out of Hallis and everything, that the defensive guys love Eberflus, they're, yeah. all starting to, they're all starting to rally around him, right? Yeah. So the question is, you just find a different offensive coordinator, one that's green, like you just said, that's going to have No, you get a whole new head coaching staff. You get a whole new coaching staff. What? 
This man lost 14 straight games. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Hey, hey yo, yo. <laughs> Coaches have been fired for less. Yep. All right? And I'm sorry. This is two straight years now where it took to the middle of the season for any of this to look coordinated. Come on. And and your hires beneath you are your responsibility. I don't know if y'all been watching. There's been a few issues up at Hallis Hall. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Okay. No doubt. But yeah, like, Matt Eberflus no, is going to be a great linebackers coach. For for the Jacksonville Jaguars next year, <laughs> or 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 you could you could find him out in Vegas, you know, doing his thing in the DB room. I think he's a terrific coordinator. Everybody I yeah. talk to from the coach staff and coach players that I talk to rave about Matt Eberflus. Hey, don't don't you know? There's not a knock that you're a good defensive coordinator. There's only a few of them in the NFL. But head coaching, front facing. You know, damn near the CEO of your franchise? Nah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. nah. He's not it. I nah. agree. Not, it. not if you I got agree. standards. Not if yeah. you want to keep doing this rinky-dink shit that we've been watching for, for years and years now and get an outlier season and start coaching a year and talking about Matt, Matt Nagy had everybody's fool in this <laughs> motherfucker. Matt Nagy had, had, had people talking about him being the next great Chicago Bears coach. And then the game said, adjust. And he was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm out. And then the next three years, you saw what you saw. Yeah. No, I want dudes with the answers to the test, the quiz, the pop quiz, the all the things that come along with it. Whatever, whoever's going while you in the interview, like whether it be a, a tenure guy, because hey, look at Nick Sirianni. And when you saw his press conference, you thought, oh, the, the Eagles are in for some shit. This is gonna be bad. And next thing you know, trade for A.J. Brown, <laughs> draft Devontae Smith, right? Jalen Hurts comes of age. That offensive line is, is, is the best in the league. Like, yeah, yeah. find the dudes who are going to push this thing forward. I don't think Matt Eberflus is that guy. I don't. Now, if you want to stay 7-10 and 10 and, you know, talk about defense to, to you know, to, to, you, to your, your mouth gets sore, knock yourself out. I want to know who the next great coach is. I don't think he is it. I agree, right? And I 100%, if you go back through the no catch-up archives, he was never the hire for us, right? I didn't no. agree that he would be a, a a good fit overall for the new age NFL and didn't think he could take us to the promised land because that's what we're talking about, big picture, right? But <laughs> we just talked about if they went out and Justin Fields wins out, he's going to be around. If they went out, they're not moving off him. I'm worried they're not going to move off him regardless of what happens. That's when, like, this whole situation gets really, really sticky. That's why I think, Nick, this is the toughest situation in the NFL overall because of how many decisions need to be made. Yeah, and, you're, I mean, the nice part is going to be making those decisions with potentially two top five draft picks next year. So I think there's a lot of GMs that would love to be in that spot. Obviously, you got to sift through the weeds. I'm, I'm with you guys. 100% you got to move on from Eberflus. If the number one goal of the last two years – was to develop the quarterback and turn him into something that we can see going forward. He hasn't done a good job of that. To your point, it's taken him half a year to figure out how to use his quarterback in each of the last two seasons. You're coming off the long losing streaks. There's been multiple personnel blunders under him when it comes to press conference, even explaining uh, what was it, the injury report that he had a few weeks ago where he couldn't tell you whether or not a guy was playing or not, or if he was out and just didn't really know the questions that were being asked right. of him. Yeah. You look at the Allen Williams situation. I know that's not all on him, but again, if you're in charge, 
you know, again, heavy's the head that wears the crown, right? Like you're in charge of all that, all that stuff's rolling under you. The gutsy problem, the fact that you have the offensive coordinator that's under you and you seemingly can't get inside his head and change how he operates. Um, so all that, man, I don't I don't care that the defense has been playing well. That's awesome, but that doesn't make me want to have him be my head coach going forward. I think, Jason, you had said it earlier on your pod this week, that's Dan Quinn, right? So if you want Dan Quinn as your head coach, that would be best-case scenario for Matt Eberflus, a really good defensive coordinator that's that it. cannot be the head coach of your football team and is not interested in developing you offensively, and that's not what we need, man. It's not going to move us where we want to go. You have to bring in a coach that's lockstep with Justin Fields or whatever quarterback you bring in. I've been watching Hard Knocks, the in-season Miami Dolphins. If you watch Mike McDaniel and Tua, they're attached at the hip, constantly in his ear. He's walking up and down the sidelines with him during games, during practice. Like, that's a relationship. He's in his ear. He's coaching him up. Um, I don't see that with Flus and Fields, and I don't see him moving us towards the right direction. So you got Great guy, though. Great guy, though. Yeah, great guy, man. Hey, no, it's, right now, straight great up. Guy. Great straight coach, up. Yeah, wonderful yeah. guy. Like, I love all that. And I love the fact the players play for him. Like, look, there's nothing worse than when the locker room turns against you, and they have every reason to over the last couple of years. Again, there's been a lot of high-profile shit, but that doesn't make him the head coach that I want to move forward with. Golf. I've seen we enough. Yeah, I agree. Golf, we talked about – you know, no one in the building is tied to Justin Fields, but Poles is tied to Eberflus. If he gets rid of Eberflus, isn't that a indictment that I made a mistake? I fucked up. Isn't that something? I don't believe he hired him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I, he, I think Ryan Poles and the Bears mm. brass know exactly the hand that he was handed. I mean, Bill Polian was part of the consultant group. There's no, there's no. Um, <laughs> we started on Bill Polian. Yeah, yeah. So there's no, there's no mystery as to why an Indianapolis dude who was highly favored was one of the three people who were in the coaching pool. And you know, when you hand your GM, you know, allegedly, reportedly, whatever the case may be, rumored to be a coaching pool of people, and he picks from those people, you keep it moving, right? I mean, you don't, you don't have a lot of. Uh, that job, general manager of the Chicago Bears, is a very prestigious gig. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're attached. You got some things. Yeah, you got some things that you have to work around. So, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> if if anything, if I can look at the Bears brass, and and if I'm Ryan Poles and say, all right, well, you know, I got you from up under the mud. Like I got, I turned this roster completely over. I gave you time to see if your quarterback was the dude. Um, I, I wrote it out with your coach and now it's time because my skin is on the line. It's time for me to be able to make these decisions with these two draft picks, with all this money, new coach, like, let me show you how I do. And I wouldn't be mad at that. There's levels to it. Man. Wow. That, that is actually very interesting. So it's like, Hey, you guys wanted me to, you know, th these are the pool of guys you gave me for a head coach. So I, so Eberflus is, is now the guy. I gave you a look at Eberflus and Justin Fields. This is what it looks like. Do you want to move forward with this? Or is it time for me to really get to work with these two top five picks and all this money? Because he earned this too, by the way. Like he earned, you know, the, the, he, he, the Carolina trade. Hey, that's, you know, I should be able to, I showed you what I could do, right? right? Roquan Smith. Now, you know, there are going to be dings on each side. Right. Because yeah. it's, it's and I'm this is hypothetical, obviously, but there's going to be ding, there should be dings on each side. Like, all right, well, what happened with the Roquan Smith thing or like and Ryan Poles, I think, could look at his side of the ledger with the, the amount of cap space that he's been able to accrue 
Uh, the, the fact that Darnell Wright is looking like a, a better player week in and week out, and this is while injured, right? Like, I, I don't think we speak enough how bad that dude's shoulder probably is, and he still did what he did against Aiden Hutchinson, where I think he got one or two pressures the entire game is 60, 60 snaps, right? So, like, he can he can point out separate things. You know, Javon Dexter Sr. started to play better when you allowed me to go out there and get a real edge rusher, right, and Montez Sweat. There's not going to be edge rushers in this draft. So I pretty much drafted a second round pick, turned it into a guy that we can give $80 million. Like he's going to have those yeah. things as ammo. So TJ Edwards, one of yeah. the best linebackers yeah. in the yeah. league. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and, and, and on top of it, you know, I think Ryan Poles is, um, he's smart enough to understand that this ain't, Forever, right? Like you're not gonna get eight years to to get a contender in this right. city. You you're gonna get about a good four years before it's time for you to go. So if you're getting ready to be a year three of that, right? Like the real year three of that, yeah, yeah, it's time for me to time for me to cook. Nick, it's that interesting. Is. Real quick, Nick, it's interesting because it could be a it could be a situation where the building is split up. I want to keep Justin. Some people don't. Some people want to go draft Caleb. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't think it could be. It is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I would yeah, say it is. You can see is. just, yeah, looking out there, yeah. it would be hard for it not to be just based on what's out there. But, yeah, I agree, man. It's hard to say, like, hey, go ahead out here and cook with the ingredients that they gave him, and the meal tastes like shit. And now he's going to look at them and say, hey, I tried it this way, to your point. Let me try it with my guys. Let me bring in who I want to be in, whether that's an alternative to Justin Fields, whoever that might be. But I would never – for the issues that I have with polls, I don't put Eberflus on him. I truly don't believe that that was his hire. I think they told him this is pretty much who you have to choose from, and Eberflus was strongly suggested. When you bring in a Bill Polian, like you said, and again, let's talk about Bill Polian real quick, a guy who's famous for drafting Peyton Manning, if we can be 100% real, and winning oh, one Super Bowl with that team. They're going to catch you in the streets. Could, could, never, could never put a defense around that team. Beat Rex Grossman in Super Bowl, and now we're all supposed to think that this guy is like the greatest talent. Look, 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 how, we, look how we shitting on Super Bowls, by the way. Told us Lamar Jackson was a running back, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, I don't put Eberflus on polls at all. I don't think polls has necessarily had the autonomy that you kind of make it sound like he's been able to operate with, Sean. Um, I think a lot of that has been told, this is what you're doing. Um, you can kind of add your pieces here and there, but ultimately this is the direction we're trying to go in. So it'll be interesting to see if they allow him going into this offseason to kind of have that full rope. But I'd be skeptical, man. It's just not how the Bears do business. Going back to Ted Phillips, whoever it might be, there's always meddling from every side. JG, if you could pick any anybody with that second pick, it has to be the guy from Ohio State, number 18. I think yeah. he would come in and make a massive <laughs> impact across the board. Yeah, yeah. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. That's it. Like, That's it. He might he might be the best player. I, I think he is the best player in this draft. Um the, sure. and 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 it's hard to you know, because you're going to get the people who pull out the where wide receivers are drafted and the successful ones, as opposed to the to the busts. Um, but when you when you see a dude like that and just the makeup of that dude, like listening to him talk, and you, you know, we could we could tell bullshitters, right? Like we could tell the people who know what to say in, in the yeah. moment, when to say it, how to say it. Uh, the he dude, come from a family of straight shooters. Well, I mean, that's you. That's <laughs> 
that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, he's a he's my Philadelphia connections. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean he's he's a dude that that I think um you know how Larry Fitzgerald just carried the Cardinals franchise for all those years and and then all of a sudden, you know, you drop a quarterback on him and in, in, in the twilight of his career, you realize how dope he was. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have a Larry Fitzgerald type of career. Like I, I truly think he's going to be one of the better players for a very, very long time. Extremely productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in a, in a perfect world, they got this thing figured out last year with Justin. And we'd be going into this situation talking about adding DJ Moore to Marvin Harrison Jr. with Cole Komet and a refined Justin Fields. I mean, I, I, I that's why, dog, I can't stand it. Like, dog, I, I can't stand the fact that we we continuously have to talk about the same position. And, and meanwhile, other teams get one every five, six years, but they, they can even feel comfortable with it, right? And yeah. like we get two or three year blips every 10 years, 12 years. And then we got to start all over again. Like the, you, you want to talk about what should be improved. Like the Bears running back room should be improved. Right. Like, like they, we should be talking about other things right? and instead of talking about the quarterback biannually, man. Like, so yeah, if, if, if I had my brothers, you know, you, you take Mar- Marvin Harrison jr. With that second pick or whatever the case may be. And, Get yourself an offensive tackle to put on the left side. Stop playing around with it with these fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders. Like, shout out to Braxton Jones. I know everybody like likes him a lot, but he's a swing tackle to me on a really, really good team. All right. You you put book in first round picks on, on, on the tackle spots. You put uh Marvin Harrison Jr. in the situation and you roll. You roll. But now, you know, because of the lack of development, because of I think poor talent evaluation at the coaching situations. You know, you're gonna you now you're gonna have to get a quarterback and 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 an offensive tackle, which ain't bad. Like, you know, if you get the quarterback position right, then we go all look back on this like ah, oh, screw Justin Fields, I guess. But you know let me leave uh, you as on that because it's the same same this question is similar to what you just said about then Justin's gone, we got a guy, doesn't even matter. Is part is the ghost of Patrick Mahomes and that Trubisky situation kind of hanging over the situation that we have now as if if what if we what happens if we pass on Caleb and he turns into a top five quarterback in the NFL is that factoring in because we're talking about the organization as a whole a lot of those of course it's the same family a lot of the same people remember that that situation that pace put us in is that lingering around like man maybe we have to take Caleb just because we can't miss on a generational guy again um, I, I think just chasing real NFL football is hanging over our hands. Like we we don't find ourselves in a position often enough to, you know, see the top three or four pick go to a quarterback in a quarterback heavy, top heavy, I should say, draft, right? Like the last time, like you mentioned, this happened, you know, Patrick Mahomes, it wasn't like Patrick Mahomes was considered the clear cut, yeah, it was clear cut number one. Right. Like this dude is considered the clear cut number one. And of course, as we get closer and closer, I think Drake May is going to wow people in a lot of these private workouts. And of course, they're going to pour over his tape. But Caleb Williams is considered the clear cut number one in this situation. Whereas with the Mitchell Trubisky trade, I mean, uh, draft and Deshaun Watson, you know, there, there was there, we we knew what it was. Right. We were looking at it like nah, kind of like the kind of like the dude who you know, perform the national title games or the, or the dude who, who is out here throwing for 5,000 yards. Like, 
the, the 13 career starts guy might be a little bit of a risk. This doesn't seem <laughs> like that, right? right? So I think I think more so than the Mahomes thing, I think it's just the specter of um, having to deal with this conversation <clears throat> with this position, man. Like it's the most tiring conversation in this city. Outside of Braun versus Jordan, which is a, a worldwide conversation, like this, this is our, this is the bane of our little sports existence is having to constantly talk about this. Like, I can't wait till we can talk about, man, everybody sure does suck ass around this great quarterback we got. You yeah, know, like, I, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm waiting for what, that conversation. Yeah. What can we add with that top five pick? Because Justin Fields is great, but now we can add some stuff on top of it, which was exactly the conversation we thought we'd be having coming into this year after enduring last year. And to your point, we're nowhere even near close to that. And I think that's what is depressing about this this season. I think we realized it early on, right? Like we've been talking about it. It's like, man, we're not headed where we thought we would be headed in this year right i'm not expecting the bears to be a super bowl contender but i wanted to see progress in that first half of the season you did not see it and it's kind of like yeah we're right back where we were last year saying hey what are we going to do with the quarterback position in the offseason because we had that same conversation last year it was like hey are we passing up on a generational talent in bryce young to stick with justin fields and ultimately they decided to do that and now yeah you're right back in the same spot it's crazy i'm on the record as saying uh i knew that wasn't no generational talent <laughs> I, I don't care what you do on Bryce Young early. What? <laughs> what? I'm, I'm, nah, nah, you can't. Man, the poise got me. like a dude that worked at Kinko's. We're, I, we're I'm big, sorry. We're big, we're big. <laughs> Kinko's. I don't even know if those are still open. I'm about to age myself. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> Come on, Nick, anything else for, for Jason before we get him out of here? Nah, man, we appreciate you coming on, man. Good conversation. Nah, sure. I appreciate y'all having me. Appreciate yeah, y'all having me anytime, man. Been looking forward to doing this. Appreciate no doubt. It, Jason Goff, the full go. Bears pregame, or Bulls pregame excuse yeah, don't me. Don't put that on me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know where to find the man across the board. Jason Goff, JG, thank you so much for coming through, man. Let's see, let's see how the Bears end up shaking out. The, the next four or five games here, they play the Browns. That's a little revenge spot for, for Justin Fields, if we're really being honest. Nagy set him up for a disaster last time they was in Cleveland. Uh, for Jason Goff, for Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, Sean Little. No catch up. Sports Talk via Chicago. We'll see y'all next time.